What's up everyone, this is Justin Flinner from My Metro Medicine, and I want to thank you for tuning in to the very first My Metro Medicine interview, episode number one with Master Jose Johnson. Be sure to check out the full video on our YouTube channel, and stay tuned for more interviews in the coming months. But for now, enjoy my interview with the Jose Johnson. Justin Flinner here, and from My Metro Medicine, we are live, and we are in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, with the Jose Johnson, Master Jose Johnson, Master Musician, Master Martial Artist, Businessman, I mean, how many irons you got in the fire, as my father would say. <laughs> I'm going to tilt too this many, down. Too many, too many. Too many, too many. So, there we go. It's a little good. All right, now you can see us. We're good. So, we're going to talk a little bit today about what uh, Jose is doing, what he's done, where he's been, where he's going. We're going to go all over the place a little bit, but we're going to uh, direct his uh, answers and whatnot in a way that we're going to highlight some elements that are important to him, that are important to me as a, as a health practitioner, as a business owner myself, but also for you as a practitioner of martial arts, as a practitioner of medicine, as uh, uh, whatever field it is that you are in, you will get some value from this. So uh, stick with us. And if you have any comments or questions, please post them as we're live here. And I will monitor them here on my iPad. Unfortunately, I don't have a crew yet, but someday, someday we will be good enough. We will have an amazing crew out there and we'll be working it and we will be roadies. That's we will be roadies. Our roadies That's right. tech. That's he what we need. So Jose. He's got a rap sheet here that I'm going to highlight a few things. There's so, so much to know about this man. Unbelievable. So he's been described as a modern renaissance man, which is, I bow down to that. Yeah, That's good. <laughs> he's an accomplished martial artist. He's a musician. He's a teacher. Uh, he was, and you were born the son of a, it says, uh, former professional musician turned minister yeah, my dad. and a Mexican immigrant mother. Yeah. So... Uh, at a young age, you showed an aptitude for science, music, and different things, mm -hmm. and obviously yeah. that has shown and grown over the years. Yeah. Uh, but it says that you also lacked some self-esteem, which uh, later on it tells me that uh, was overcome through the practice of martial arts and all of the other things that he's developed, because Absolutely. he is by no means shy or limiting in <laughs> self-esteem now. I mean, if you meet this man, you will know what I'm talking about. Uh, he's one two U.S. all-around championships. Uh, he's been a part of the U.S. Taiji team for you martial artists out there. This is the man. He's accomplished a lot. He's even been, uh, what is it, recently in China, there was this docudrama that you told me about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a, new Legends. New Legends of Martial Arts. New Legends of Martial Arts. Yeah. Man, I can, I, and will that be available to us to watch here? Uh, odds are no. Long ah. story behind that. I'll share that at some point. Okay. <laughs> But someday when it comes out, yeah. we'll make sure that you know about it. As soon okay. as I know, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, he's a Buckeye. You're from OS, uh, OSU. Okay. OH. This guy right here. So any of you out in Ohio, that's a big shout out to you guys. 
let's see what else we got here music education jazz etc and we've been a part of uh, how many bands top 40 show bands oh man too many bands to count over the years uh, and he's in bands now he's got the what the impact band uh the maxwell project gumbo junk brass band big boy brass windish music and productions did i miss anything uh, right now, that's pretty good. <laughs> by the that's time, pretty good? Yeah, by the end of the week, it might be different. How many is that? One, two, three? Anybody else in five bands? Not um, me. No. <laughs> if there's a sixth band out there looking for somebody, let me know. That's right. Now, he, he is uh, exclusively playing War, I'd say that Warburton. Warburton. Yeah. Warburton trumpets, flugelhorns, and mouthpieces. Uh, he's also an endorsing artist for Robinson's Remedies it's, uh, and War. There's so much stuff here, man. You yeah. have you have such an extravagant uh, 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 rap sheet, as I said. And now, okay, I'll close with this. Uh, he currently owns and operates where we are sitting, which is Jose Johnson's Chinese Martial Arts and Wellness Center in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So if you're here in Harrisburg and you're looking for a martial arts instructor, this is the place where you should come. Guaranteed. Tai Chi, Kung Fu, kids, adults, all age, anywhere. This is the guy you want to see. Uh, he, he's also the founder of Integrated Wellness Consultants, and in 2017, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit this year, you've established a new online, uh, what do we call it, an, an academy. Yes. All right. So, um, one of the questions, uh, maybe other people are interested in this, but I know I am, is uh, why, why, why Tai Chi? You could have done anything else in your life. Uh, you did music. Uh, so why Tai Chi? Why music? Well, you know, there, there's there's a theme, I guess, that's that's, that's uh, gone through my life in both my decisions for music and my decisions for martial arts. Um, as uh, as you, you related earlier, you know, I had a lot of self esteem issues as a kid. I was uh, uh, I hate to use it because it sounds so cliched, but you know, I, I was the the skinny, weak, sick kid that used to get picked on all the time. <laughs> but it, it was the absolute truth. Um, and that's how I got started in martial arts. I was uh, actually living in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania at the time. And this is, you know, back in the 60s. And it was not a pleasant place to live. You know, it was a steel mill town, a lot of racial tension going on. And I used to get my butt kicked every day coming home from school. So my dad uh, decided that he was going to sign me up for martial arts classes. So, uh, you know, I, I started uh, taking uh, uh, karate and judo in Pittsburgh. Uh -huh. And I uh, did that for a few years. Um, then started getting really interested in music. So uh, when it came time to, to pick an instrument, uh, my first desire was actually to play drums. Really? Yeah. And, you know, it, it came time, you know, to pick an instrument. And my, you know, my dad said, you know, do you want to do music? And I'm like, absolutely. Uh, like you said, he was, he used to be a, a professional singer and arranger. Toured all around the country, or all around the world, actually. He's one of the the first uh, African American uh, concert hall singers. So he did uh, wow. he did uh, or uh, like operatic excerpts, uh, classical uh, pieces, like classical pieces. And then the second half of the show was always doing spirituals. Uh, then he became a minister. So, uh, but what happened was, uh, you know, he's like, uh, you can pick any instrument you want. And I said drums, and he said, no, you have to learn to play an musical instrument so all you drummers out there now you know why I, I hate on you all the time um, but he wanted me to, to, to play a melodic instrument and so I started thinking I'm like okay well saxophone is kind of cool but there are too many keys on it so that'd be too hard and then trombone is kind of cool 
my trombone playing friends, you didn't hear me say trombone was cool. Uh, but, we, might but, to, we might have to edit that part yeah, out. Yeah, I did not admit to that. Um, but it's like, you know, how do you know where, where, where the notes are at those things? So it's like, trumpet, that's got to be pretty easy. There's only three keys to that thing. Piece of cake. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that trumpet is one of the hardest <laughs> instruments to play because you got to get all those notes out of those three keys. All right, so... Yeah, you know, that was my decision for, for playing uh, playing music on what, what instrument I was gonna gonna pick up. Martial arts, yeah, you know, I, I always had this love for it because uh, you know growing up uh, in the '60s and '70s uh, as a kid, uh, you know, I was there for you know the the when Bruce Lee, you know, uh, first hit the scene big. Uh, I remember watching the Kung Fu uh, TV series, you know, and being just like as soon as I saw it, you know, like the opening montage, and I'm like, I want to do that. Right. And, I bet there's some people out there that thought the same thing. Oh, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't want to admit it now again, but you know, it, right. it, it's, it, right. it is what impacted us. Um, so when I got to a point in my life where I was ready to get back into martial arts, I knew I wanted to do Chinese martial arts. I just knew it. I want to do Kung Fu. And so I started, you know, researching and I'm looking at like, okay, well, you know, long fist, yeah, you got to jump and kick and do it. Eh, it's too fast. And oh, this is too hard. It's like Tai Chi. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool because it's kind of slow and it's really simple. You know, if the old people can do it, I can do it. Again, looking at the surface and seeing what seemed to be simple, uh, but missing out that there's so much intricacy and there's mm -hmm. so much detail and, there, and there's yeah. such an, an, an uh, it's, it's physically so demanding and people don't see that. So the two things that I've done most of my life, actually the third thing, being an entrepreneur, you know, it's, you know, I, I have like, you know, working uh, at a mortgage company and going, you know, I'm, I'm tired of working 40 hours a week. I want to work for myself, not knowing that 40 hours a week is a slow week for me now as an entrepreneur. So it's like looking at things that always on the surface look like they're easy, but they're really, really difficult. Yeah. But, you know, the the trick to that has been, you know, I got suckered into it, but I, you know, became invested in it. So even though right. it was hard work, it's like, okay, bring it, but you know, this yeah, cause be you've fun. come a long way with both. I mean, with the trumpet playing and the music in general, I mean, you've even produced your own tracks. I mean, you sent a couple of them to me. Uh, when I, when I put this out later, maybe on YouTube, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add some of his tracks as the intro or the outro and maybe a little bit in between so you can hear some of the stuff that he's produced in-house by himself or with others. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's got some trumpet playing going on, but also with Taiji, I mean, it, it, a part of the U.S. team, I mean, uh, uh, national champion, et cetera, all these other things. I mean, those aren't, you don't just show up and then a couple of weeks later do a few moves and then you go off to competition and then you just come home with a trophy. Right, right. There are some places that that happens. Yeah, well. <laughs> but for the work that you put in, obviously you got some, some great results and that's something to be recognized for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the big thing is uh, it, on the surface, it looks like I'm divided in so many different ways. And, mm -hmm. and there's certainly days that it feels that way when you're trying to manage stuff. Um, but the biggest uh, epiphany I had was when I started to realize that everything I do is about the same thing. Uh, say more about that. What do you okay. mean? So, uh, to be uh, to be a great Taiji practitioner, uh -huh. uh, to be uh, a great musician, to be a great teacher, to be great at anything requires the same 
work. The same concept. Uh, it's what I call the Kung Fu equation. Okay. Right? So it's you know, the only way you get good is by you have to invest a lot of time and you have to invest a lot of energy. And there are other, other things that go along with that, but it's all about having, um, having a goal, having a vision, having a desired outcome, and then just doing the work day by day. You right. know, putting in the effort. Uh, right. Health is the same way. Uh, you know, when, when, as I've transitioned from being uh, in my practice, uh, particularly in my, my concepts of teaching, uh, originally when I first started teaching, I was very interested in training uh, people to be like me, to be an elite level athlete. Mm. And that was what motivated my practice. That's my entire approach to practice. And then as I got a little older, and uh, especially after going through um, some health issues, um, I began to realize that the important thing about the practice is the the development of your health, and then later on, starting to see the the development not just of your physical health, but your your mental health, your spiritual health, uh, the development of yourself as a complete being. Um, so, and, and one yeah. thing you mentioned is uh, more than it just being about you, the the practitioner, the martial artist, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Now that you are leading others, it's not about you anymore. Exactly, it's the development of them. Right. So, which sets you apart, I think, in a lot of ways from other practitioners and teachers. Not everyone's doing their own thing. They got their way, their own way to do it. And you've developed one that is based on, okay, I want to see, I want to see you develop. I want to see what your potential is. Yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons why I'm here is because the message that Jose is delivering here in his school, which we are now giving you a small portion of. It's, it's got so much uh, richness to it that will help anyone who starts to practice. They will benefit in ways you can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, it, everybody comes to training for a different reason. Right. Uh, in terms of like martial arts training, particularly Tai Chi training, people come here for different reasons. Uh, I've had a number of students who came to me, started with me because they were interested in being competitive athletes. Okay. Um, I have people that come to me because they're interested in becoming teachers. Um, and all of those people have, have fundamentally achieved their goal. Um, but for me, the biggest satisfaction I've gotten as a teacher has been when I was teaching uh, a lot at like rehab play, uh, centers. Uh, so working with people uh, recovering from strokes. And mm -hmm. to see somebody who, you know, the beginning of a, of a session that I'd be working with them, you know, like beginning of this month, they can't take a step unassisted and after like four or five weeks of working with them to see them walk across the floor oh that's huge that's huge yeah you know and and to me that made me feel like i was contributing to the world much more than helping somebody get another trophy right. or, or to be able to teach another class uh those were the things that really impacted me so uh, it started to make me really think about uh, why I do what I do. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things, um, but it's just not where I'm at right now. I mean, we need, uh, we need people uh, to train to be athletes and to be performers because those are the things that help to promote exactly. the activity. Yeah, yeah. We and need the Jet Lees, the yeah, Jackie Chan. Exactly. We need all yeah, of those we people. need those. Yeah, but, uh, and, and we have people that can, that can meet that need. For me, and I think it's it's kind of the culmination of my life as I look back, you know, the, 
yeah, I continue to go forward and I'm and I'm looking forward. Every once in a while, I have to remind myself to turn around and, and look and see how far I've come because, yeah. you know, the, the, the mountain mountaintop is just way, way beyond where I am right now. Uh, but to look back and, and see all the different things in my life that seem to be so disconnected and then see how the further I go along my path, how all of these things start to converge and become one. You know, my dad being a minister, um, I was encouraged to go into the ministry as well, and I almost did. Uh, and I, and I kind of got turned off to religion for a lot of reasons because, you know, you're behind the scenes and you kind of see some of the, the shady side of stuff that goes on. But the one thing that always stuck with me is that, you know, yeah, there are people that are doing it just because they want the money or they, the, they, they want the power of being able to tell people what to right. do. Yeah. Uh, but there are people that do it because it's part of who they are, that, that part of their DNA is to uh, be there for people, to help people, to lead people uh, in, a, in a way of, of developing themselves and, and becoming a better version right. of themselves. Uh, so, you know, a few years ago, I made as much as I hated to admit it because my father and I never had a really like we weren't tight. You know, we had a very confrontational relationship. But uh, as much as as much as I tried very hard not to be like my father, uh, a lot of the things that I experienced from him have shaped me to who I am today. Actually, everything has shaped me to who I am today. But that it's that desire to help people and um yeah that's what's driving me now is uh you know my congregation is my class uh and my job as the teacher is to inspire people to become the best version of themselves that they can be and uh i think you've done that because if i took you on a tour of this school it, if i just rotate the phone a little bit there's a row of trophies just down here past jose in the other room, on the wall, uh, around the corner. I mean, there are so many uh, uh, forms of accomplishment that this school has achieved, not just you yourself, but his students are seeing results as well. Uh, so I think they're learning that the message uh, that you're delivering really does make a difference in their lives. So discovering their own potential, because coming full circle, that's essentially what this is all about. And it doesn't matter what you learn. It could be Tai Chi, it could be cooking, it could be broadcasting, uh, it could be anything. But overall, the message is essentially the same. Yeah, it, 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 it's the same and, it, and it's the important thing is to, to me has always been uh, in my life, anytime that I've lost vision, when I've lost track of what it is I'm looking to do, you know, I, I get lost, you know, I, I stumble around yeah. and, and the clearer my vision, the clearer my expectations or my clearer my goals, uh, the more focused I become, the better my results. Um, and I have this conversation with my students a lot, like you, you need to really think about why are you here? And I have students that are That's here yeah. because they're interested in being athletes or they're interested in being teachers. And then some that are just interested in uh, the health benefits or interested in the social interactions. And I tell them, be clear on why you're here and then train in a way that helps you to accomplish that goal. Because the way you train to be an elite athlete is different than the way you train if you're here because you're recovering from a hip replacement.
Right. You can't do one, yeah. you, know, you can't have this goal and train this way because then you'll get discouraged, you'll get, you know, there's too much conflict, there's too much uh, diversion of the methods and then you're not going to get the results you want. Exactly. So figure out what it is you want, train in the way that's going to support that and you'll be successful. Yeah, yeah you reminded me of when I was in uh, acupuncture school and whatnot. Um, a lot of the people, not necessarily in my class, but across the entire school and what I was witnessing out in, uh, oh, we got a comment that popped up. What's that? Okay. See? Huge difference. Someone's verifying what you just said. Hi, Makes a big Carol. Difference. <laughs> Carol. Carol is great. Thanks for the comment, Carol. Uh, so being in acupuncture school and seeing people go through that and then asking them the question when they're nearing the end, it's kind of like graduating from, I mean, it is graduating from school, but even undergrad or when you're not an acupuncturist, they want to start a business. So the first thing that they focus on, is it going to be, of course, their patients, because that's mm -hmm. where their skills are going to be delivered to. Mm -hmm. But also, are they focusing on just the money? Like, mm -hmm. are they in it for the money? Are they in it for the patients? Mm -hmm. Are they in it for delivering a message? Are they in it? What, that's a question that rarely gets asked in any, in any environment, I think, in educational, especially. I mean, you go to college. I mean, how many kids nowadays are graduating and have no idea what they want to do? Right. What, what, where do I go now? It's like they've had this great experience, so it, it can happen anywhere. So it can mm -hmm. happen here in the school unless they have someone to guide them through that and ask the questions, not give them the answers because the answers lie in the questions themselves. So you ask the right questions or maybe the best questions, doesn't have to be the right ones, mm -hmm. and your students can figure out what it is that they want. Yeah, and, and I think that's, uh, that's always a tough one because, uh, you know, when we think about from a health perspective, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you have to ask the question of, you know, why is it that you want to be healthy? And a lot of times we don't think we really think about that. Yeah. You know, it's, you know we're told. Or even what is healthy. Yeah, what does that exactly, mean? exactly. I mean, it's like when we think about, you know, Oh, this person is in good shape. Well, what does good shape mean? Yes. You know, is it the body fat percentage? Is it, you know, your, you know, is it how your, your physique is? You know, are you ripped? Are you cut? What's your cardiovascular? You know, all, you know so all these right. different things that, that define our wellness uh, or healthiness. Uh, and I think too often we, we think about these kind of measurable, uh, mostly outward things as opposed to looking at the, the holistic nature of our health, which is, you know, I know being not only involved in martial arts, but just in sports in general, you know, you, you turn on the TV, because uh, I'm a huge sports fan. Um, yes, he is. <laughs> um, and and, and the, reason, the reason I'm a, a huge sports fan now when I wasn't really so much when I was younger is that I've come to appreciate mastery. I love watching people who are great at what they do. Yeah. There, there's just it's something attractive. Yeah, it's yeah. Whether it's martial arts or, or football or music or dance, it doesn't matter. You know, when mm -hmm. somebody has has invested so much time and energy in what what they're doing, you know, business, uh, you know, and they're great at it. I love watching it because there's you, you're going to learn something. But you look at like all these these athletes, and they're in phenomenal physical shape. Mm -hmm. um, but then you look at them at the end of their career, their bodies are breaking down because they've overused their bodies. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, a lot of them have uh, internal health problems, not just like the question of whether your knees are shot because you've been playing basketball, but you know they have some problems with their organs because of uh, either misusing uh, medications 
you know, whether it be, yep. uh, you know, steroids, I think the first thing anybody thinks about, but even um, like the misuse of pain medication. Right. You That's know. a huge one now. Right. Uh, so you've got all of that and, you know, maybe some nutritional deficiencies that have occurred. Um, you know, the organs have been taxed. So you start to see these physiological problems that develop. You, and obviously, there's lots of psychological things that go along with, right. with high-level sports. Exactly, you yeah. know? So while you may look at that person and say, wow, that's the epitome of physical perfection. But we don't think about the spiritual. We don't think about the mental. We don't think about right. the emotional. Right? So um, think, it, it is yeah. all about all of that. That's what makes you well. Right. All of that being in sync. And that's that holistic, I mean... I'm not really attracted to that word, but that's one of the best ways to describe mm -hmm. what encompasses everything within health is it's a holistic approach Yeah. because there are pieces that you will never see. Like you said, the, the athlete, I mean, it's the epitome of physical performance, of, uh, of physiological functioning, whatever you want to determine it as. But uh, this, this, this uh, appearance is only so it's skin deep. Because beneath that, like we were talking earlier, some people have uh, difficulty describing their emotions. Uh, the patients that I see, they have a difficult, uh, difficulty describing what pain is for them. They don't know where it's coming from. Because, for example, I started a conversation some time ago with a few people, and I said, what would you say if uh, I said stress doesn't exist? There is no such thing as stress. I mean, even the look on his face right now, he's like, what does that mean? Okay. So what I mean is, okay, yeah, there are things that stress you out, so to speak. Right. Right. But we slap a label on it and the label becomes our definition of what makes us abnormal internally, physically, physiologically. Okay. But we forget what's underneath that. We don't know what it is that's causing the stress. We don't know what it is that's causing the pain, what's causing the emotional upset. So when people can begin to question deeper underneath that layer, then they can get a little bit more knowledge about themselves, what they need to work on, where they want to go. They will actually know even more who they are. Right. So this is huge, yeah. which actually leads me to uh, uh, the next question, which is what, what transformations have you witnessed in the health of people you've worked with over the years? You um, mentioned one. Yeah, uh, I've seen people, you know, because so much of what I've done personally is focused on Taiji and Qigong. Okay. Um, yeah, I've worked a lot in the, the seniors community. I've worked a lot in the rehab community. So, you know, seeing people, uh, you know, improve their balance. Uh, you know, I have people who, who stuck with me for years because um, they, they, they have some measurable uh, differences in like uh, things like their blood pressure and cholesterol. You know, for example, I have one student uh, who is like, this is why I do this, because, you know, when I started, my blood pressure and cholesterol were here. When I started, it went down to here. If I take time off, it goes back up. So, you know, this is what I have to do to maintain it. Right, right, right. Okay. So um, that's it. Uh, you know, it, and, you, and you see other things. I mean, you, you see people improve, especially working with kids, you see them improve their their strength, their flexibility, their coordination. Um, the biggest thing for me is people becoming more comfortable with themselves. Mm. And to me, that's I, I like we were talking about just just a minute ago. When you're talking about you know getting to the underlying questions, right? Um, a lot of times, uh, 
yeah, yes, there are things that go on pathologically in the body that create uh, these specific health conditions that we have, whether they be the physical health or the mental health. But a lot of times uh, there are these mental and emotional components that are, uh, I don't know whether they're the chicken or the egg, but it definitely exacerbates the situation. Exactly. So uh, when I see people become comfortable with themselves, whether it's comfortable with the fact that they're not where they want to be and they have to work towards that or becoming comfortable with, you know, hey, this is this is this is what I got to work with, like especially like working with people who have uh, joint issues uh, saying, OK, I'm I'm probably never going to be able to do a split. I'm OK with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's OK if you can't do one. Yeah, and, 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 we've done them. It, it's okay, but we know the process. Yeah, exactly. And, it's and, painful. Well, and, and, here's, and here's what I usually tell people, whether it be about my like, legs hurt just talking yeah. about it. <laughs> whether it's doing the extreme flexibility, uh, like you know, doing uh, the the acrobatic tricks, you know, like the aerial cartwheels and stuff like that. Uh, whether it's the self defense stuff, right, right, right. You know, right, right. I always say to people, why do you feel you need to be able to do this? Mm. I can teach you how to do any of these things. I can teach you how to be, you know kicked repeatedly in the groin and still be able to stand up. But why? Because it's yeah. cool. Yeah, know? exactly. And that's usually, and, and that, that becomes a thing. It's like, well, why? And right. it's like, well, why, what are you willing to trade for that? Exactly. Because everything is, is, a, is yeah, a trade off. That's the balance. So uh, yeah. when, when we start thinking about yin health. Yin yang, everybody, yin yang. Yin yang. So when we think about health, um, sometimes we have to think about what are we willing to trade? So yes, I can help you to become more flexible but if you've got you know degenerative disc disorders then doing some of the extreme flexibility stuff is not going to be what's in your best interest mm. right so right. so understanding that yes you can make improvements but you have realistically only so much that you can work with so let's That's work right. with maximizing what you've got instead of doing something that we could get a short-term result on, but it's going to provide long-term damage to your body. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So I have another. We have another Sarah. One? Ah. Should we read that out? Why sure. Not? Sarah. Sarah Gellhorn. Hi, Sarah. Been a long time. Even as a teacher, that is true. You've helped me understand how to be comfortable with myself as a teacher. My reasons are not necessarily my students' concerns. That lesson was so freeing. So, have someone to confirm it for you. This is good. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, this is a question. Uh, I like to ask this question in general. It's about a, a larger picture of health across the world, and specifically in this country where the statistic comes from, which is given that more than 70% of today's illnesses are non-communicable, which uh, for those of you who are not familiar with that term, it essentially means just like things that can be prevented. So a smoker will most likely contract certain diseases, so that's preventable. That's considered non-communicable. And what do you think is preventing people from making healthier choices? That's a large percentage Ooh. of people. That's a yeah. statistic that's put out by a large organization. Yeah. Um, and, our, and, and for those of you who maybe don't follow it like I do, I mean, that's a huge expenditure for this country itself. We spend a lot of money in healthcare, way more than any country across the world. Yeah. And that's 70% of those expenses go towards things that are preventable. Well, without getting into like uh, a political yeah, yeah. <laughs> discourse. Well, hey, let's stay on this side of the river, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
You know, a lot of it's just some of. I would say a great deal of it is the bill of goods that we've been sold over the years. Okay. Uh, by the media, um, and, and by that, what I mean is uh, we're we're presented these images of what is healthy and what is not healthy in terms of appearance, right. uh, in terms of what you should be doing, uh, you know, what you should be able to do, how you should do it. Um, so, you know, like, you know, for years, you know, smoking was portrayed as being cool. Exactly. You yeah. know, and, you know, uh, it's interesting now that, that. It's not, by the way. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, now that, that it's being exposed as what it is, which is a very damaging uh, habit, um, you know, now there's, there's a whole, you know, generation of kids are going, going ooh, you smoke? Mm. You know, and they turn their nose up at it as opposed to, you know, when I was growing up, I was like, oh, I can't wait to smoke. You know, it's kind of cool, you know. Yeah. And so. It's the after school thing. Yeah. Or sometimes the, in school, school Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brownsville Station, you know, wouldn't have made their hit if it wasn't for smoking in the boys' room. Um, <laughs> little music trivia for you. you it was a Motley Crue that did it originally. Um, <laughs> so the the idea that uh, that yeah, it's cool to do this, or it's okay to do that, that sometimes helps, you know, when we see that glamorized, then it's very easy for us to make those choices, those decisions. Um, and also, and this is something that I learned myself the hard way, which is the way I tend to learn everything, um, <laughs> is that we're not immortal. We're not invulnerable. And most of my life, I mean, I, I, everybody has a fear of death. Everybody has a fear of, you know, uh, of injury and things like that. But it doesn't become real until it becomes real. And when I was diagnosed about 11 years ago with cancer, it became real, oh. like real, real. Oh, that must have changed your life. It did. It did. And now, you know, a lot of people become burdened by that. Um, and because my cancer was very aggressive, it was it was like at first they caught it and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, your PSA is really high and, you know, the biopsies came back and, you know, you've got a little bit. You've got time. You're young. You got time. You, you could do it. You know, now you could do it in a year or two, you know, whatever. You got time. I was like, yeah, let's do it in the next couple months. It went from being minor to if you know anything about Stages. cancer uh zero margin went okay. zero margin meaning that there was a a minuscule if any level of uh wow. separation between the cancer cells and the rest of my organs so it was so aggressive it went from being considered fairly you know not benign, but yeah. fairly like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We can deal with this later to like, if we hadn't done it when we did it, it would have metastasized. Oh, and wow. so I'm still, See, on, even I didn't know all the details of this. Yeah. So I'm still on like normally with, with prostate cancer, normally after uh, you, you get through your, your official remission period after like about five years or so, mm -hmm. uh, you go on a annual checkup. My doctor keeps me on a six-month checkup because he does not want this to get out of control. Because it it, it was so aggressive that you know if 
it does have you know the potential if it comes back in that same way uh-huh. it you know yeah exactly it could be a real bummer <laughs> so yeah. you know every day i wake up thinking this could be my last day and i don't think about it in a in like oh my god this could be my last day i think about like wow you know, this could be the day that I find out when my cancer's back and there's nothing they could do about it. What am I going to do? And and I know you you asked me the question like, what gets me up? What gets yeah, me yeah, out yeah. of bed? We're getting morning? there. We're getting there. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It's like this could be my last chance to make an impact. Mm. This could be my last chance to add to my legacy, and that's that's become an important thing to me. Uh, not legacy like you know my riches legacy like my my you know monetary right. legacy, uh, but the trail behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you know, my job as I view it, I think in all of us, our job should be as a human being is to leave the world a better place than it was before we got here. Right. I heard okay. someone put it bluntly that basically, rather than focus on the currency, of course, you focus on the legacy, and also. Uh, basically the message that you want to deliver, Mm -hmm. which is behind yourself. We're going to continue with this. Uh, and let's see. Uh, here's a good question. Uh, in today's media, uh, we're now seeing these arts like Tai Chi and Qigong uh, become adopted by like hospital programs. Uh, and they're even being prescribed, by, not by people like me for acupuncturists, but even uh, doctors, physical therapists. They're saying, okay, yeah, go do Tai Chi, do some meditation, do some I mean, yoga, things like that. But what, 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 what do you think the reason for that is? Why now? What, what has been missing up to this point that now people are saying it's okay to do Tai Chi and Qigong, even though we're not really sure what they are? But what, what do you think is behind that? Um, I think it's a few different things. Um, for, for the people who are truly concerned about the welfare of their fellow man, so if you're if you're a medical practitioner uh, such as yourself, um, you know you you have and you alluded to this earlier. You have people that are doing it because they have this desire to help people, to help heal people, to help people to, to achieve maximum uh, health. Right. Um, so anything that you can do that's going to help your patient have a better quality of life, you're going to be all over that. Yeah. But say 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago, I mean, they were saying right. like, oh, acupuncture, no, you can't right. do that. Even medical doctors were the only ones who could do it. Right. But Tai Chi was like, it was equivalent to Bruce Lee. Right, Which exactly. is by no means equivalent. Yeah. Right. In terms of the practice right. itself. So what hap- what's happened is, one, there's been, uh, and this is the wonder of the, the, the age of the internet, and especially now with social media and stuff, uh, you have access to more information. Right. So as more information comes out, more research is done, right. uh, you know, because people, especially in Western medicine, everything is evidence based. Right. That's uh-huh. the big thing. Evidence based, evidence based. So as there's more evidence uh, at first, it was all anecdotal. Now there is hard evidence 
to show the efficacy of some of these uh, these practices. So I was like, okay, it's proven. I can support it. Boom, there it is. Uh, so I think that has a lot to do with it, and and also because uh, we we see um, that some of the more conventional methods have limited benefit. Right? We know surgery works in certain situations, right. but uh, you know surgery should always be that last last ditch effort. And mm. we look at the the increase in uh, the the non communicable uh, diseases, uh, health issues, right. then. And we start to say, well, there are ways that these things can be offset or be avoided. And as the system has gotten overloaded, anything that can be done outside of the office, uh -huh. you know, docs all about because it's, that's you right. know, that's yeah. one less thing they have to worry about. Exactly. The, the flip side of that, and I guess maybe the darker side is uh, from the, the financial perspective, um, you know, for years it wasn't. Uh, things, things like more natural, you know, uh, approaches are kind of shunned because there was no way to particularly monetize them, you know, mm -hmm. on the healthcare side. Um, so uh, I think that's why a lot of times it, it was kind of pushed back. Uh, but again, as more and more people are uh, having to deal with these issues and demanding that right. they be given the opportunity to use um, complementary practices as part of their health and wellness. That's right. Then you know, get answers to the to the, the populace. Yeah, because I think uh, to your point that some people they started to realize that they weren't seeing results with the types of treatments that they were getting, mm -hmm. and then they. I mean, now the internet is here and you can search it's like what other things could I do for like in your case cancer and you'll see all kinds of what well, we call it natural medicine which is kind of strange because well what's so that means everything else is unnatural Natural. yeah it's just weird <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we give these terms but uh, the fact that it's showing some results for certain people is important mm -hmm. but we don't have the ability to research it in the depth that we would want to know the knowledge about it yeah well, so well it's, there's well, a level of fear that kept us yeah, yeah. from getting to that level well and, and here's an interesting thing and, and this is this is uh, where uh, I don't want to say greed but the concern for the bottom line and, and the, the CYA mm -hmm. uh, attitude can be beneficial um, I just uh, was recently talking to uh, someone in the, the medical profession uh, at uh, Penn State, okay. uh, and they were telling me that now there is a fine that can be imposed on a healthcare facility if a patient is uh, had been admitted, they are discharged, and they have a fall within, I forget how long it is, but there's a fall, a fall occurs within a specific period of time post-treatment. Uh, you mean actual fall? Like they fall down, okay. and they okay, have see, to be readmitted. Ah. So there's a fine that Medicare will place on the service provider. So basically, if you're not effective enough, then... Yeah. You get punished. Yeah. So like, for example, somebody comes in, you know, they, they have knee replacement surgery right? and they're in the hospital. They're in the hospital for a week. They leave the hospital. They go home and a week later they fall and they have to be readmitted. The hospital can be fined by Medicare, wow. the hospital and the doctor. <laughs> 
soon. I don't know about so, this. So, right? so wow. what they're, a lot of them are now doing is they are prescribing to their patients or they can't prescribe in the, in the, the, the way of, because right now Taiji is not something that, you know, somebody can come with a script and, mm -hmm. and insurance is going to pay me. But they are saying, okay, as part of your, your rehab, you have to take a Taiji class. And if they do that and the person falls, they're clean. Okay, so yeah, so there are some There's behind a, the curtain things behind the that curtain. are going, I see. But, okay. but, but what I'm saying is that, that this is kind of an opportunity, though. So, you know, they're starting it to is. see, okay, look, this is a problem that we're having, these, these readmittance because of falls. Here's something that we can do to potentially uh, offset that because there's evidence that it, that it occurs. Right. Isn't that interesting? So yeah, so it, it's huh. This is that's an interesting topic. I bet we we could probably talk about oh, that yeah. for a long yeah. time. But oh, when it yeah. comes to the healthcare industry, there's a lot of stuff going on because it's constantly changing. Uh, but in relation to the healthcare uh, industry, um, Jose, what are you doing that's different from other places? Whether it's uh, someone like me, an acupuncturist, or another martial artist. So what is it that makes you stand out from other schools, other uh, healthcare facilities? Just name, name one thing for me. Wow. You know, I, I've been asked that question a lot recently. I've been challenged with it. And sometimes I'm really clear and sometimes I'm not. Um, and I, I like to think that it's my unique perspective on, again, using your less than favorite word, holistic uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or synergistic uh, approach to our development. Um, I think it's it's way too easy, you know, uh, like a martial artist, like most martial arts schools, you know, they're very concerned about just a specific range. It's like, well, I'm either, you know, just, I, I want people to be healthy so that they're confident and strong and can defend themselves or so that they can do all these wonderful physical things. Uh, or, you know, a, a doctor who's like, well, I really want this, this person to be, uh, you know, physically healthy and mm -hmm. fit so that they can live a long and productive life. Right. And not looking at how all of those things are part of the wholeness of our life. Uh, and unless you have played in all those areas, you know, there's a lot of doctors who really haven't gotten too much into the personal development. Right. Uh, and there are people in personal development that really haven't gotten too much into not just the general health, but like the specifics of health and wellness yeah. and what it takes, uh, not just to be in good shape, but how to deal with disease, how to deal with, with some of these other things. So I've kind of been fortunate to have been, uh, to have, have walked through these different areas of life uh, and experience them personally, um, and it gives me a, a very different perspective on things. Right. So I, I'm, I know in this area, there's really nobody who has got this, you know, culmination of, uh, you know, like the the physical athletic skills, the 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 spiritual aspects, the medical portions, the all of these different things, the philosophical concepts where everything has has been completely put together and coalesced and, and is can be presented as a singular package. Right. So one of the messages that was delivered from one of my teachers uh, in acupuncture school who uh, unfortunately passed away, I believe it was last year, uh, Bob Duggan, uh, he said, if 
correct me if I'm wrong, someone who's out there that can comment and fix it, but I think he, very simply put, teach, treat, teach. So you teach, you try to teach the person as well as treat them because it's not just through the action of needles or the action of Tai Chi movements or the movement of your arms through Qigong. There's different things that you can get through that message. Uh, so along that lines, uh, that is something that you're doing differently because personal development is now essentially what Taiji was years ago. It's like people didn't know much about what Taiji can do and what Qigong could do or holistic medicine could do. So they put it on the side and it was one of those extra things. But mm -hmm. now people are accepting it and now there's a level of you'll see a lot more things coming out like you're talking about, which is personal development, personal mastery, personal growth, which goes right into this new thing that you've done. Uh, this is great. Anybody who's out there who is interested in learning more about Qigong or uh, alternative medicine, uh, anything along that lines, Jose has started this new thing online, an online academy that I mentioned in the very beginning. Uh, I'm going to let him say a few things about it, but this is, I've tried it out when he launched it, what was it, a couple weeks ago? Mm -hmm. He had two courses on there, uh, and he's d building more. He's got another one behind the scenes, and you, he's producing some more in the back end uh, related to Qigong alternative medicine. But I think this is going to be great because now you can stay at home and you can do like you're doing right now or at work and you can listen to it on your break. You can listen to it at home and you can learn more about these arts and get more of it without having to spend a lot of extra time traveling and et cetera. So say a little bit about this academy that you've got going on now. Um, well, I just started, uh, it's called Personal Mastery and Growth Academy. Uh, so uh, pmagacademy.com. There, right. There's my link. Um, and the, the idea behind it is that, you know, it, this concept called a scalability. There's only so much that I can do uh, in the real world. I, there are only so many classes I can teach. And each class, even though I have a fairly large facility, each class is limited by that physical space. And there's only so many hours I can teach a day, uh, so yeah. many people I get to class. So I'm limited in, in my ability to reach as many people as possible. And as I talked about legacy, I mean, my legacy is I want to help as many people grow in their lives as humanly possible. Mm. Uh, but with technology now, I can reach a lot more people through uh, this virtual platform. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people, and, and this kind of really hit me, is like, you know, I had a lot of people that have opted into my, my page, my, my school's page, to get information about classes, but they're not signing up for classes. And as one of my business mentors said, you know, there are only two reasons why people aren't signing up. It's like either it's money or it's time. That's basically it. And the money issue, you know, we're, we're offering, you know, $20 trials for people or, you know, $69 for six weeks as that's, a trial. So the money's not an issue. That's affordable compared that's to really, many other places. That's really affordable, right? That's not what I charge on a regular monthly basis. That's my, you know, get them in the door right. sort of price, right? But, you know, if you can't, you know, if you can't afford 19.99 to do three classes, then you probably can't afford to, to be a member of the school, right? So it's just simple mathematics. But you know, a lot of people weren't even signing up for that. So the question then is, is like, if money is taken off the table, then what is it? It's time. Right. You know, the, t the 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 time and the location aren't convenient to that person. Right. So how can I remove that obstacle? Because everything is about removing obstacles. So. Uh, the way to remove obstacles, I come to you. Now, I can't come to you physically, but through 
yeah, through technology, sure. exactly. yeah, everybody can have access to the information that I, that I have that I can present uh, and have it when they need it and where they need it. So what's one course that you have going on there right now that they can that they could access uh, uh, through a trial or through membership? Right, right. well, well uh, I have a, a couple of free, uh, a couple of free ones up, or at least one right now. Uh, one's on fundamental breathing, so it just talks about the fundamentals of, of uh, breath work uh, as it relates to Chinese martial arts and Qigong, and that's absolutely free. Just check it out, try it, see if you like it. Uh, I have one paid course up right now, which is on Guan Qi Fa, the traversing uh, energy uh, methods. One of my favorite Qigongs, it's great for balancing energy, so if your energy is too high, it'll bring it down. If it's too low, it'll bring it up. So that's a great tonifying one. Right. Uh, and so, I did it, it's really good. So that one's available for sale. And so what I've got going on next year, I'll be launching, actually doing a pre-launch, hopefully within the next week, um, is going to be a full year's worth of Qigong. So every month there'll be a different topic, and those topics are going to be actually broken down or, or uh, condensed into uh, a quarterly theme. So there'll be a, uh, the first theme is going to be on classical Qigong. So uh, the month of uh, January will be eight pieces of brocade. Uh, then we're going to do uh, the five uh, five animal play, which is another you know that's actually I think the first the first documented qigong method. The the, the drawings were found in in caves, you know, oh, dating yeah yeah, yeah. Way, way I've back. heard of yeah, but that was like a little bit of it. Yeah, okay. that's like the first the first one. So we're going to do five animals, uh, and then we're also going to yeah. do the muscle tendon changing classic. Yeah. Okay. So those are that's three true. of the most well-recognized and practiced Qigong sets. So those are the classical ones. Good. Then I'm also going to go over uh, medical Qigong, like Qigong for health and healing. So uh, things like the the six healing sounds and uh, the Guolin Qigong, which is uh, used a lot in cancer rehab in China. Uh, also some Qigong self-massage, stuff like that. There'll be uh, Qigong does, uh, that's specific for joint um, mobility. So right. things like silk reeling and... Yeah. Uh, uh, other qigongs that have a lot to do with with our spinal and joint health, and then uh, esoteric qigongs, qigongs for like more the the spiritual um, development. Uh, so each quarter will have a theme, and then each month there'll be a qigong that matches that right. theme. So people will be able to take that course, um, whether it be a la carte, and you just say I want to do this this month, and yeah. that's fine, or to, to sign up for a, a year long program where you know, you're going to get a very comprehensive approach. Uh, the feedback I've gotten on the, the course that I've already done uh, from actually someone who teaches online was, I love this because I can go back over the lessons. Yeah. You know, like I hear you say this stuff in class, right. but sometimes it doesn't stick. But I can go back and I can stop it and I can watch and I can re-listen and I can and every time I watch it, I learn something new. Yeah, because we can't they can't rewind you here. Exactly. <laughs> they, but they can yeah. rewind you. It's like, what did he say? I want to write that down. Sometimes they want to do it fast again. forward. Yeah, or fast forward. Yeah, you can do that too, but you don't want to because you'll miss all the information. But uh, see, I went through the course myself and uh, both of them when you launched them, and they were awesome because I had complete control over it. Uh, I could follow you. I could stop. I could rewind. I mean, uh, technologically, it was like, okay, this is in my hands. I can do it, what it, do with it what I want. Uh, and the information was also helpful, even as an acupuncturist, because I mean, you're a martial artist. I am a martial artist as well. 
but the information that you're giving is on a is a, is on a is on a different level than what an acupuncturist might do. So we're sort of bringing to bringing together two two modalities in a way that uh, can benefit each other. So acupuncturists out there, I highly recommend that you take advantage of this. Uh, check it out. The website is again P M A G like P Mag uh -huh. Personal Mastery and Growth Academy dot com. PMAGacademy.com. So check that out uh, when we're done here. See what kind of courses are out there. He's going to have a lot more coming. I'm going to hold him to it. Uh, and you, it's going to be good for you, for your patients and whatnot. We got something come in? Oh, we got a question. Nice. First person. Of course, it's Carol. <laughs> <laughs> she you, always Carol. has questions. Good. Good. We like questions. So what tips do you have for staying motivated over the long haul in a program like Tai Chi that clearly enhances your life but takes some dedication and focus. Hmm. Uh, boy, uh, I think that the first one is is don't lose sight of your long term goal, like your big goal, your big picture, the the why. You know, why are you doing this? And I think that's that's where people get get lost sometimes is they lose sight of the big why. Hmm. You know, um, so if you're if you're doing this to reduce stress, okay, that's got to be your why. Everything has got you know. Yeah. Got to got to follow that. Right. Um, and then the second is then to set small, uh, accomplishable goals so that you always feel that you're making progress. Uh, I know Carol knows this one. Uh, some of you may not. Um, the concept of uh, the theory of marginal gains. Mm. Uh, so we tend to want to look for big results. Big, big, big. Yeah. yeah. If we just make one percent improvement in whatever we're doing, just every day, shoot for 1% improvement, then that, well, there's a compound effect that kicks in. So we just need to make these small incremental improvements and keep going, we're, you know, acknowledge your improvements. But, uh, and then the, the third thing is, this is the yin yang part of it, is you have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because growth That's and change, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there are going to be times where you're up and there's going to be times when you're down. And it's just if you keep your eye on the prize and understand that when you're having frustrations in your training, those points of frustrations are actually when you're making progress. Right. That's where your your body and your mind, your 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 neurons are trying to form new connections, right? So you're yeah, you're you're big. forming these new uh, the dendrites are being sent out, and you're having opposing uh, neural signals going on. So that's what confusion is, where your brain's not sure where to go. Um, so the more confused you get, the closer you are to making a breakthrough of one of those new the new path kicking in. That's right. So um, that's, that's why the, the new field like neuroplasticity, basically how the brain changes because mm -hmm. of this. Because if you're not happy with where you are, then essentially you're not happy with the patterns that you've developed over the years. Mm -hmm. And if you keep seeing the same results and you're not happy with them, then it's not because you're not doing the right thing or whatnot. It's because the things that you've done over the years, you've developed a specific pattern on how to do it. And what you have to do is to redesign that. And I think that's, uh, if correct me yeah, if I'm wrong, but it absolutely. sounds like that's what you're pointing at. Absolutely. And sometimes, and sometimes you just gotta, you know, change your game plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, it you can know, be like, as simple as that. Yeah, you know, exactly. uh, as I look at my career, I've, I've changed the emphasis on what I've done and how I've done it as I've grown and matured and, and gained more knowledge. So. Uh, there's nothing wrong with was taking a step back and saying, you know, this is why I started, but this is why I want to continue. So 
Yeah. People can hold on to that and they'll be they'll be good in the long run. Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's wrap this up and uh, this is one of the big things that I wanted to hit on as well, which is I want to know a little bit more about you uh, personally. You can tell them as well because maybe tell them something, One, tell them one story that no one has heard before about a time where your life changed dramatically and it helped shape who you are today. And we're going to finish with this. Yeah. Give him a second. Let's see see if he can process all those patterns and everything else we just discussed. The the thing is, is that, you know, the... Before I knew you. Something I don't know. Yeah. uh, Most most of the the things that have gone on have been... I've been kind of transparent about about most stuff, you know, so my my students... Not afraid to tell you. My students, you know, know of of a lot of stuff. but actually, I'll share something that just that actually just happened a couple of days ago. All right. Oh, there, go back and focus. Um, when, when you know, you're, you're welcome, Joey. Yeah, when, when you're talking about um, like you know the fact that I don't seem to lack in self confidence. <laughs> um, you're not going to tell me otherwise, are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. All I right, mean, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, so there's one of the hardest things as not just a teacher, but a mentor, as a person who uh, intentionally puts themselves in front of people um, as a motivator, as an example, one of the hardest things to do is to admit that you have faults. Because so many of my students right. look to me as having the answer to all things to be all-knowing um you know on does, doesn't he? um and i'll be the first one to tell you i got lots of faults um <laughs> but but one of the things is dealing with fear and um you know we all have fear and we try to some to mask it sometimes and i try to help people get past their fear but you know, I still deal with fear on a day-to-day basis. Like I said, I wake up every morning with the knowledge that this could be my last day. Now, when I say fear, that fear, you know, like with fear in our bodies, it triggers either the fight or flight mechanism, exactly. right? So right. You, you either lie down and die or you stand up and, stand up and fight. Um, so one of my my mentors uh actually the person that that's that's really made a lot of impact on me the past couple of years is a guy named michael perella uh he owns perella consulting uh been part of his mastermind this past year which has like completely changed my my mind set on yeah. business and and in you know business and life and michael's an exceptionally successful uh entrepreneur and you you see him. I mean, he's a kung, old kung fu guy. I don't say old. He's, he's a little younger than me, but I mean, he's been doing kung fu for a long. He's been doing kung fu for a long time. But he's very big, you know, bodybuilder kind of body. You know, very strong personality, very accomplished. Right? You look at him, and it's like that guy has got it figured out, right? And he put a post up on Facebook 
just a couple days ago about fear. And he's like, Every, everything that's happened bad in my life, even to today, has been because of fear. And he said, and I have fear. And I'm afraid of this, and I'm afraid of that, and I'm afraid of this. And he's like, you know, it's there. And every day I have to deal with those fears. And, it, and you know, it was a very long and complicated post, but it made me go, yeah, you know, Mike, you're right. You know, um, I have fear. And you came out as somebody who people are following and paying a lot of money for, for his guidance, you know, for him to say, yeah, I'm afraid of failing. Yes, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. To just admit it straight up and go, yeah, you know what? I have those same fears. And one of those fears is that I'm afraid that people will know that I'm afraid and they'll stop respecting me. They'll stop, yeah. uh, they'll, they'll stop believing me. Um, so you don't think that way anymore or you still do from time to time? I do. It, it, but it's acknowledging that I have those fears and, you know, not letting those fears control me and doing what I That's can, That's doing key. what I can to, to circumnavigate those fears. So yeah, every day, you know, I, I have, I have fears that, you know, I'm not good enough, that I don't know enough, that I, that, you know, that I'm going to fail or I fail, fear that I'm going to succeed. Right. right. So I have all of these fears that go on. Um, and just understanding that they're natural right. um, and then trying not to let them control me. That's big because fear, it can, it can step up and it can be right in front of your face and it will either cause you, like you said, you either lie down and die or you stand up and live and you face it because fear, you either step up to the plate and know, I mean, if anybody knows baseball or whatnot, but you either hit a single, a double, a home run or a grand slam. But if you never step up to the plate, then you never know what it's like to have that kind of a feeling and that kind of accomplishment. So fear really can set people back. So that's huge. I did not know that. And I bet the whole bunch of people out there didn't know either. Yeah. So the man does have faults, believe it or not. Yeah, well. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I know, I'm a snowflake. But, you know, I, I used to tell people I'm not like, I don't have fear. when I, I used to have performance anxiety. That's one of the reasons I really uh, got into to doing Tai Chi and stuff. I, I wanted to try and get over my stage fright because as a musician, you know, it's like you put me in an ensemble, I was fine. You put me as a soloist, soloist? I had problems. Yeah, 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 I would yeah. freak out. Um, and through competition, that's what I learned. I was on the rug. It was just me, you know, win, lose, draw. It was all about me at that moment. Right. And I was able to overcome those fears. And I don't feel, technically, I guess what I do feel is fear. But to me, it's become more excitement. So when I'm getting ready to perform, I feel a nervous energy, but it's not like, eh, what am I going to do? It's like, I can't wait to go out there and see what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's an it's, excitement. It's yeah. a level of excitement. Yeah, exactly. But so, so neurologically, it's the same thing. You know, it starts with what's going to happen. And then it's just how I adjusted my mindset to look at it and to define what that feeling was. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, maybe 30, <laughs> my age, 30 years ago, I would look at that feeling and go, I'm afraid. And then close yourself close myself off. off. And yeah. now I look at it like I'm excited. 
Uh-huh. And it's the same situations, the same circumstances. It's just the way I've been able to program my mind to look That's at right. it. Now, I'm able to do that in certain areas of my life, but there are areas of my life that I haven't figured it out yet. Well, you've matured in some of these areas, yeah. in music and martial arts and whatnot. So you'd be giving yourself the chance through patience and practice and persistence. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. I mean, because it's all, you're all, we're all learning the same lesson. Right. When we've truly mastered it, I've mastered it in the art of Tai Chi as a martial art, and I'm mastering it in, in Tai Chi as a teacher, but I haven't mastered it in every facet of my life. That's when I know I'm a true master. Is when... Somebody said that's the imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Joanne. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's just trying to figure it out. When, and when, when I can do it and everything, then I've reached enlightenment and I'll ascend on a lotus cloud. <laughs> yes. And, you know, yeah. But, but until then, you know, it's, it's, and this is the hard, I think, part for people like us who really are, are, are passionate about helping people become their best. We tend to put so much on ourselves and their, their successes or failures. Sometimes we put on our own shoulders and right. I know it's like, sometimes like, what could I have done better to help that person? You know, what right. did I not do? Uh, and, and, you know, there's, yes, everything is ultimately on you as an individual. You know, I can give you all the tools, but if you don't use the tools, that's on you. Exactly. Yeah. But still there's, there are those parts of you where you feel like, Oh, I could have done better and, and I'm an inadequate. And do I really know what I'm talking about? And, and, you know, so those go on and it's just acknowledging that, yeah, we all have those days, you know, right. even the greatest of the great have these moments of doubt, maybe not like Michael Jordan, not having the doubt on the, on the court, but there are areas of his life that I know, you know, if he was really real with himself where he's got like, no, I'm, you know, well, he's a great example because I mean, he tried so many different things and he succeeded, of course, in basketball. And I think if I, if I remember correctly, actually, that was one of the things that people told him that he shouldn't do. And yeah. then he tried baseball, and then he wasn't successful yeah. in that. Yeah. But then he, I mean, basketball was huge for him, and I mean, so he experienced actually one of the uh, 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 one of the the quotes that I heard recently. I think it actually came from a movie with Jim Carrey, but something like, "You can you." One of the biggest realizations that he had in his life, he was talking personally, is that you can fail at something you don't love, so you might as well do what you love. Yeah. Okay. So if people are afraid of what it is that they want to do in their life, then they should just face that fear, step up to the plate, swing for the fences, yeah. and really see what happens. Because you never know. You just might hit that grand slam. So fear is, it can be a huge obstacle for people, but through maturity, through practice, like I said earlier, persistence, you can really, you can really make a difference for yourself, which in turn makes a difference for the people that come to see you here. So here's your last chance to send up any any questions. Uh, we're going to close out here. I want to ask Jose uh, uh, one last thing. But uh, again, post your questions, and we said that you were, or you said that you were going to tell them what the. Uh, uh, we'll give them a little. What did you say you're going to offer them for the first five questions? For the first five questions, I was going to offer a twenty dollar off uh, coupon code for uh, any of my courses. There you go. $20 so, off. Yep. Take it or leave it. So Questions. You can, if you want to do the Guan Chi Fa, you can do that. 20 bucks off. 49 bucks. If you want to save that to, to do one of uh, the upcoming courses, I will give you the ability to do that. So uh, Okay. So let's let's close out. And why don't you give everyone one last uh, uh, piece of advice, one last piece of wisdom, 
See, he's got a big cup full of wisdom right here. See, wisdom. Chinese character of wisdom. Yes. Right it's, there. It's, so, dark, it's dark roast wisdom, actually. <laughs> dark roast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, give him something. Yeah. Um, I think, for me, it's, uh, it's Taiji. <laughs> Everything is Taiji. Um, my, my favorite saying, uh, I don't know if anybody used it before me, but it's what I use all the time. Uh, it is what it is. It becomes what you make of it. And so, you know, life throws us all kinds of great stuff and it throws us all kinds of crap. Um, we, we don't always have control of what happens to us, but we do have control of how we respond to it. Right. So, uh, you know, take what life has given you and figure out how to use it to uh, turn your life into what you want it to be. And, uh, you know, make a difference. I think actually that, that would be the biggest one. Make a difference, no matter how small. Uh, you, think, you think what you do doesn't make a difference. And there are days I feel that way where, where what, I do, what I do doesn't affect anyone. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wasting my time. And then someone comes up to me and tells me what, something, what I did, how it impacted them and how it made a difference in them. Um, so, you know, never think that you're, you're minuscule and you don't have an effect on the world because you really do. That's great. That's great. I love it. So thank you all for being here today. This is Jose Johnson up in Harrisburg, PA. Check him out. Jose Johnson, Chinese martial arts. Uh, he's got pmagacademy.com. Com, thank you. There's so many extensions out yeah, there. Yeah, I know. So many different things. But uh, I'll post this up for you guys. Or it'll, it'll be in a podcast. It'll be on YouTube. We'll have all the links there. You can reach out to him personally. Uh, you can find him on his website. Everything will be there for you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, Justin Flinner from My Metro Medicine, way down in D.C., but we're up here in Harrisburg. Jose Johnson, thank you very much. My thank big you. brother. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Always so, good to see you. Take care, everyone. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you next time.